for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Allison Elena. How's it going today, Allison? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's... Oh, wow. Hold on. Sorry, I'm just trying to play with my levels here because I was... Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, so, first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I uh, really I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you and get to know more about you, your music, and all that, all the fun stuff you got going on. Um, no, no, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so first off, before we kind of jump into everything, can you kind of give um, everybody like a, just a brief introduction on who you are and what got you into music? Um, well, yeah, again, my name is Allison Elena. Um, I'm originally from New York, but I now live in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I started singing when I was really young. I started singing at three and then started kind of writing music when I was 13 or 14. But I feel like didn't fully, fully dive into it until I was like 19 um, and then shortly moved to Nashville after that. But singing has just always been what I wanted to do. And I've always loved country music. And um, once I kind of figured out how I could do it myself, it was pretty much it. Awesome. <laughs> And I mean, being a country musician, Nashville seems like the natural choice. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I um, I was having a great time in New York, and I love um where I'm from, and I love my family and my town. But there just wasn't room for country music. You know what I mean? It was kind mm -hmm. of like we were playing county fairs and playing festivals, which were so fun. And I had an awesome band with my uh, friends, but it just, it was like as far as we could go, you know, and Nashville was a completely new world. And I feel like if you want to do it, you have to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So just, it was enough to push me here. And then when I got here, it was like a whole new world. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into your experience with American Idol. Let's just jump into that right off the bat. Um, you did that back in 2014, 2015, some, uh, yeah, 14, season 14, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was season 14. Um, I auditioned in 14 and then it aired in 2015. Okay. Um, and you hadn't, at that point you hadn't moved to Nashville yet, correct? No. And so it was funny cause I think Idol was like the last, you know, push for me. Yeah. Um, I ended up meeting so many people from Nashville because coincidentally I auditioned in Nashville that year. Oh. Um, so it was kind of just like this weird string of events that my brother has been here for 12 years and, um, he had just gotten married and was going on his honeymoon and needed someone to watch his dog. And I was like, I can do that. So we drove down to Nashville and the idol audition was the next day. So it just kind of like wow. fell in place that Nashville was where I ended up auditioning. And I ended up meeting so many good friends and like throughout the show kind of, you know, just getting a really good relationship with them. And all of them were like, you need to be in Nashville, you know, you have to come. And so I started doing like weekend trips that just added up, added up. And then I ended up on my brother's couch, like five months out of the year. And I was like, okay, this is dumb. I should just live here. Yeah. Um, and he was, you know, super supportive. So uh, it was just, it was an easy move, but yeah, that was kind of like my final push to get here. Awesome. And so yeah, you 
is it fair to say you auditioned for American Idol just on pure coincidence? Like, did, I'm assuming you didn't have any intention or did it, was it like an intent to audition and everything just kind of happened to work out? Well, it was funny because I've been auditioning for Idol since I was like 15 years old. Okay. Um, but that year, because my brother was getting married and we just had like so many things going on that I was like, you know, okay, I guess this is the one year I'm not going to audition. Fine. You know, I won't do it. And then it, everything just like fell into place. So it was like, I think we decided like within like two days that I was like, okay, I guess I'll do this. And it was um, me and my mom and my best friend that just drove down here. And we we're like, okay, I guess we'll just, I guess we'll just go for it. Like whatever. And it, it all seemed so random because I feel like before that I had like practiced and, you know, gotten ready for it. And this time I was like, well, yeah, I guess I'll just sing this and go, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it just like everything fell into place that year, which was awesome. Nice. That's really cool. You know, it's, and like the fact that that happened to be the year that you made it on and you yeah. ended up making it to Hollywood week, I guess. Yeah, I did. So I went, um, through Hollywood week to the second to last day. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was amazing. And it, and it so was just like this random, every step I feel like felt like, wait, we're still doing this. Like, Oh, okay. We're still doing this, you know? Um, which was awesome. So yeah, it was, it was a completely random year, but worked out. Nice. And then what was the experience? Like, I mean, I know you've been auditioning for a while before you actually made it, but mm -hmm. what's, what was that experience like once you finally made it? It was amazing. Um, the judges that year loved me, which I, I couldn't have asked for a better audition experience. Um, it was Keith Urban, Harry Connick Jr. and J-Lo that year. And it just like, I mean, I was 19 and I was completely terrified walking into that room, but it, it went well, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it just, it was just like a, a movie. The entire thing felt like you were living in a movie and, you know, just the people and the places you got to see and go and even the stages you got to sing on, you know? Um, everything was wonderful, like top to bottom, but it was definitely surreal. <laughs> yeah. Where were they holding the auditions at in Nashville? Were they doing it at like the Opry or? Where, where... Um, they were at the, it was the, it was brand new at the time, the Music City Center. I think they oh. had just built it like that year. Um, is so it, it's, it's like that's a big not the country center. music hall of fame thing, is it? It's, it's near there. Yeah. Okay. It's like on that, that street. It's like, um, like a block up from there, okay. but it was like this brand new convention center. So it was big and beautiful. It's actually, I think where they, uh, Hold CMA Fest. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Because I, that sounded familiar to me, and I'm like, I'm not really sure where it sounds familiar. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you made it to the second to the last day of Hollywood week, um, and then you ultimately got eliminated. And I would kind of explain the process after being eliminated. Like, I, we've had a few different American contestants of various music shows yeah. on the podcast and I've never really asked like what happens after you get eliminated it's kind of crazy because I feel like you um like it just stops you know everything is on a dime like okay well cut print you're done you know and you're kind of like okay well I guess go home um but I was really really fortunate that they aired my audition and then um some of my Hollywood rounds so it was because I mean I feel like there's some people that go through this process and never get seen you know, so it's kind of like it, it never happened where I was so, you know, fortunate that they aired that. And so like, it was something that happened, you know, in real life. And, um, it kind of like, even though the show was over, I think that that name definitely like gives you something to stand on a little bit. And, um, I think people are interested, you know, people either want to see you might be a little crazy or you might be good. They don't know. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, gives people something to, um, to kind of want to talk to you about, which is cool. And honestly, I loved the experience. So I never mind talking about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I remember yeah. when I was in co- or like my freshman year of college, I was I, at a community college. So I was still living at home and a group of buddies of my, uh, myself and a group of buddies were like, let's go audition for American Idol. We were going <laughs> to dress up like the Fruit of the Loom guys. Yeah. And just go try and audition. Yeah. And then it was just like, we, we had talked to somebody that had actually auditioned. So the, what, this is like 2006, right? Yeah. So this is like early on, the first yeah. few seasons of American Idol. And we had talked to somebody who had auditioned. They're like, you realize that if you make it on, you're going to be known as the food of yeah. the guys. <laughs> yeah, like they will air you. Like, just so you know, you yeah. get that far, like you're getting seen. Yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. But you brought up something interesting that there are people that will go through the audition, make it yeah. to a certain like round or make it up to like Hollywood week and never be seen on TV. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's like, I mean, I get the audition because they can't show everyone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that they, they, they. Yeah, timing wise. Like, timing wise. An hour it, program. <laughs> yeah. But like, once you make it past the auditions, it's almost like, how do you not get seen? Like that, that's kind of. The- yeah. And honestly is, I think that was part of the crazy thing too, is to watch it back. Like, yeah. cause I mean, it had been months. And so now we've known what happens for months and then it finally comes on TV and um, to rewatch it with like my friends and family and kind of be like, what are they going to show here? You know what I mean? Like to, to watch certain parts that I was like, Oh, I know what happens next. But like the way they edit things is amazing. Honestly, like, I give so much credit to anyone that works in TV, film, and stuff like that, because they put it together unreal. Like, um, I mean, just days and days and days and hours and hours fitting it into this segment is insane. But I mean, there is so much that it's like, you have to go through and cut and paste at some point, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What song did you uh, audition with? I auditioned with Cowboy Take Me Away by the Dix Chicks. People still ask you to perform, or do you still perform it? I do, yeah, and it's funny because I I grew up singing Dixie Chicks and I love them and that song especially. So I think it I think it shows when I sing it that it's definitely like right in my wheelhouse and that I'm yeah. super comfortable with it. Um, and so like we'll play that out and it always leads to like the oh you, I saw you sing that and yeah. I'm like yeah you know um, but I love it. It's one of my favorite songs to sing still. So that's awesome. We always we always try to like throw in when we have a cover gig. Yeah, because you know I've talked to a few different people. They they've auditioned with a certain song and then they get asked to play it so frequently that they just kind of stop playing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm lucky. I still love the song because yeah. <laughs> I feel like that happens sometimes. There's there's songs that are in our like set, you know, for yeah. cover gigs, and sometimes I'm like, man, gotta play this song again. Like, uh. but that one, I'm like, yep. Anytime, anytime I get the excuse to sing the Dixie Chicks, I will. Absolutely. I, I completely get it. I, you know, yeah. there's just sometimes they're just those bands or those songs that it's just like, nope, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Always going to love them. I'm totally fine with it. Yep. Uh, so uh, after you auditioned or audition went through the whole American Idol experience, you ended up moving, actually moving to Nashville, which would have mm-hmm. been, was that, that was like 2015. That about the time you moved to Nashville or Jewel? Uh, so I didn't move until the beginning of 2017. I think oh, okay. January 2017. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because uh, I was for I was I was going back and forth for like a little over a year and a half, and okay. that's when I realized like I'm spending way too much time here. I just need to move. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and then in 2018, you released your first EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that that was your first EP? Period. End of story. Or was it your yeah. first? Okay. Yeah. No, that was the the first piece of music I'd ever put out. I had been 
um, writing and stuff, but never, I feel like until then I kind of just wrote for me, you know what I mean? Just wrote to like get my diary in a song. <laughs> and, uh, until that, then it was like, Oh wait, now I can, I can put a project out for people to listen to, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, that, I think I had written those songs over the course of like two years. And then it was just kind of what I had when I, when I got here and I was like, yeah, like this is what I, this is what I want to work with. So let's do it. Nice. And that, that was uh, your self-titled, uh, EP, yeah. Alice and Elena. Mm -hmm. um and then you kind of run through 2019 release a single and then 2020 uh start releasing a few more singles but obviously 2020 being 2020 it wasn't yeah. going to be just as easy releasing new music because yeah and life. it was it was weird because so i had put a song out in the end of 2019 mm -hmm. and then like a video for it um and but even that we filmed the video kind of like right before the world shut down so it was kind of this like well, what, do, what do we do now we have this i guess release it you know and that's how i felt with um with used to used to is the single i released in july and i loved this song i was so excited for this song to come on um it was like such a good summer song you know like i was like man this is gonna be perfect for people that are at barbecues and like listening to music with the radio down and i think everyone expected you know this pandemic to be over by then you know no one thought this was gonna last through may or through june yeah and then next thing you know it was it was june and i was like well i guess we're just gonna put it out like we yeah. can't we can't wait on the world to get better so let's just have people listen to it in their houses i'm totally fine with that so it kind of became a living room barbecue song rather than a party barbecue song <laughs> you know it it's funny because i remember back when the pandemic first started I was talking to musicians and it was like, yeah, we've still got concerts and like yeah. festivals on the books for July and August. And we're really confident we'll get to play those. Mm -hmm. Here we are December. Yeah. Well, I, um, I had, I was super excited for this year because we kind of had our first like mini tour, mm -hmm. um, for lack of a better word tour being that it was like 10 shows, yeah. but, um, it was all like East coast kind of, um, we had a few in Florida and it was like going to be our year, you know, and I couldn't mm -hmm. wait because it was like, um, all of April and May. And then the song was going to come out and like, everything was going to be great. And it was just getting closer to April, closer to April. I was like, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. I was like, we're not going to make these shows. There's no way. And then all of the shows got canceled and everything. So that was definitely a bummer. But like I said, I think that people still listen to a lot of music this year, you know, whether they were listening to it live or not. Um, I think that was like part of the point that we had to get to is realizing that like, you know what, we need to put it out. If we love it, hopefully people do too. We'll figure it out. Yep. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you just got to keep putting it out. Like, yeah, yeah, you, exactly. yeah, you can't do shows in person, but if you're ballsy enough, you can do virtual shows. Like, yeah, and we, we did a few of those and they were great. They were awesome. Um, it did, it was hard because I think usually, you know, we would have a big release night show and, you know, all of these things going on and play a bunch of rounds leading up to it. Um, so that was hard as far as like getting the word out virtually now is so much difficult. I mean, it's yeah. not even so much that it's more difficult. It just, I think takes a little more creativity. Um, but I mean, it was cool. We did some virtual shows and I was able to hop on some rounds like on uh, Instagram live and things like that. So it was good. I mean, I had really good time releasing it and, and we talked to a lot of, you know, interviews and, and things like that. So it was good. It was just different, but it was good. That's cool. Um, so you, we'll, we'll get to Jean Jacket here in a minute, uh, which is your new single uh, that you just released. Yeah. 
but I, I want to backpedal a little bit to practice, which you brought up. You'd released a music video for you released the single back at the end of 2019. And then mm-hmm. you released the music video right around the time of the pandemic hitting or was it? Yeah, it was like early April. Okay. So um, right, right in the middle. <laughs> what, what was it about that song specifically that you wanted to do a music video for it? Um, so that song was just, it was such a good story. And um, I had been playing it out for, I think almost a year maybe before we even decided to release it. Um, and just everyone that we talked to about it said like how much they related to it or how much they could see the story in it. And um, music videos are hard, you know, because sometimes I think songs don't really lay out a story for you. And that one did. So it just made so much sense for that to be a visual, you know, Um, just because it had this very clear story that people could relate to and that people could see. Um, So, yeah, I think that it just made made sense to pick that one. And then for used to, did you have did you want to do a music video for that one or was that ever? It honestly never, I mean, like what I'd love to, absolutely, but it never was on my mind because of this year, you know, where like it just didn't make sense to, to keep putting money and, and, you know, effort, especially like as an indie artist, you do everything on your own. So it was like, do we want to, you know, put more into this project when this is still kind of the world we're in right now, you know, so It just, it just makes sense, but I love Used To. Honestly, Used To is one of my favorite songs. Um, I wrote it with Delaney Grant and an Australian duo that we love named Zach and George, and we just had the most fun, right? We wrote it, like, the end of February, yeah. and I feel like as soon as we wrote it, I was like, guys, I'm putting this song out. Like, I'm cutting this song. It is so good. It was so fun, um, and yeah, so, I mean, I, I love it. Would I love to do more with it? Absolutely, but, yeah. you know, 2020. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because it's like, in a time where you couldn't do music videos, mm-hmm. it's the time that you needed music videos the yeah. most. Because it's, it's like time people watching them. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, yeah, I like I sit here and listen to Spotify all the time because while well, mm-hmm. I'm working or whatever. Yeah. But if there's a music video for it, I'd watch that ten times more than I'd listen to the song on Spotify. Just because. oh, absolutely, yeah. I feel like this. I mean, I remember being like early high school when YouTube got really, really cool and really, really popular. And it was before like Instagram and all this stuff was big. So I remember sitting in front of the computer, like on Friday nights with my friends and being like YouTube videos, YouTube videos, YouTube videos. And I feel like 2020 was that year, you know, because it was like, well, we can't go out. We're really not doing anything. Let's just be on the computer or be on TV all the time. And, and it, and it it would have been a perfect time for a music video. (laughs) It really would have. You know, yeah. and it, it, it's funny. You brought up watching. You got most of your music videos watching them on YouTube. Oh yeah. And it's like, I remember when I was in high school. Like I'm making it sound like I'm this old man, but I'm really not. I'm only 33, so I'm not like that. <laughs> this old crazy man. But like coming home and watching music videos on MTV. Oh yeah. TRL and come home and be like with my buddies be like all right we're taking bets who's the number one like we're yeah. on like dollar bets on whatever it's just like it, it was that and I remember when I was younger I used to love watching like MTV on Saturday nights it was like that and then the e-true Hollywood story I was like cool yeah. I can't wait you know <laughs> I was like, this is the best um and I don't even know if either of those are like if e-true Hollywood story is even a thing now um uh, I don't I don't have cable now so yeah. I'm kind of out of the game but <laughs> I, I mean, I have, I, I have YouTube TV, but it's like yeah, exactly. cable. So it's like, 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was the best. I mean, I feel like, and it, it was weird because I think growing up, like I said, music was always something I wanted to do. So when you're younger and that was it, it was like, one day I'm going to have the number one video yeah. on MTV, you know? <laughs> like now it's like, you know, MTV's, maybe not. Like they tried to bring it back last year and then it yeah, didn't I saw that was work like, and it's like, that's because they tried to recreate, like make it what it was instead yeah. of just letting it be what it is, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. But um, so fast forwarding to present times, you just released mm -hmm. Jean Jacket. Uh, what's kind of the uh, story behind that song? Uh, so Jean Jacket was another fun one. And that's actually funny because it's, it's a little older as well. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote that probably almost two years ago now oh, wow. with Delaney Grant and Kaylin Robertson. And um, Delaney came into the right and was like, you know how sometimes when you break up, you just want to like keep their stuff. And we were like, yeah, I, gu I guess so. Yeah. Um, and she was like, I think we should write that. And we were like, okay, that's cool. Like, so what are we, what are we taking of this guy's? She was like, let's take his jacket. And we're like, let's do it. Jean jacket. Here it is. And um, we just thought it was like a fun concept. And I think it, so many people, I mean, I think there's so many songs that talk about the girl, you know, not letting go or showing up to the bar that he's at. And this was kind of our like, no, we just really liked this jacket. We don't yeah. like you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it was fun. It was like, I think it was the, I think when we sat down, we were like, let's write something, you know, with some sass. Let's write not a heartbreak song today. Let's, yeah. let's do something fun. Yeah. And um, that was what we got out of it. And, and it just like became such a fun song to play out. And it was like, kind of, I feel like as pop country as I get. Yeah. Um, Cause I really love to stay like rooted in the two thousands. Um, but yeah, Jean Jacket was like pop and it was fun. And uh, the producer I work with, his name is Zach Mano. He is amazing. He had played that song live for me a few times. Um, Cause he also plays lead guitar when we do full band. And he was like, this song is so good. You got to do something with it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. It's time. Yeah. It's fall, Jean Jacket weather. Let's release it. <laughs> well, let's get it. That's funny. Um, no, that you brought up that Jean Jack is brought as poppy as you get. That is the one thing. That was the, like the first thing that I noticed compared to your other music. I was like, yeah, this has got a little bit more of a poppy feel to it. It it's, does. It's, yeah. It, it's definitely like pushing the pop country limit for me. Yeah. Um, but I love it. And I feel like I love, I love like classic country music, but country music right now is so broad mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. I feel like if it's a good song, I'm okay with it. You know, like I just, I just want to write songs that I love and that I relate to and that I think other people relate to. Um, and then as long as they are brought to life in a way that I think you can still hear the music and hear the song and, and actually hear what it's about, then it's, it's good for me. Yeah, absolutely. So you over the lip, let's say last year, a little bit over, you've released three singles. Are you <laughs> working towards like an EP or an LP or are you kind of just sticking with st singles right now? Um, I think right now it's just singles for me, just because I feel like in today, singles yeah. do better, you know? Um, content is so quick now, yeah. you know? And like we, with everything we have, it's like minute to minute. So I just feel like I loved releasing the EP. Um, but it, it did feel like it was like so much goes into these five songs. And then it's like, oh, wait, they're all out at once. Yeah. That's five, you know, like, that's it. Um, so I think just for now, at least I definitely want to like spread them out and kind of give each song its moment. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm actually super excited because we have another song coming out in January, February-ish. Haven't completely locked down date, but um, it's awesome. It sounds so good. It's kind of got a Dixie Chicks feel to it, nice. which I'm super excited. It has a super strong fiddle in it. So yeah, it's def definitely getting back to the country route. Nice. That, you know, it's, it, it's good to stretch your limits, but it's yeah. also fun when you just go right back into the pocket. Where, oh yeah, where absolutely. It's, it's funny because like you said, like jean jacket is, you know, such a contrast um, from my other stuff. And I think the single coming out next year is called Break It. Oh. And I think when Break It comes out, people are going to be like, oh, okay, wait, she's country again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but I love it. Like I'm, I'm super, super excited about it. It was definitely a song that didn't, I never thought would, would come out. Yeah. It didn't have a plan for it. It was kind of just one of those songs that you have to write for your heart, you know? Yep. And um was a, a Friday night with me and Delaney and, and a bottle of wine. And then it turned into a great song. And we were like, okay, wait a minute. And I remember just starting to play it out. I think I realized like, okay, wait, this is a good song for me. I think this needs to have a life. So. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the song that's coming out in January, January, February, that time frame, is it already produced, recorded and all that stuff ready to go? Or do you? It still... is. So we, um, we just finished vocals and everything for it last week. So nice. we're just kind of getting the final mix down, but then it'll be done. Awesome. That's, you know, it's, it's exciting. Like as bad as 2020 has been, <laughs> like, I mean, in retrospect, like just kind of looking at it, it's like all the things, it's really exciting just to know that there are so many musicians that have been working on music for yeah. the last nine months. Some of them have been able to release it. Some of them haven't, you know, just kind of depending on the circumstances. Yeah. 2021, there's going to be so much great music released. I'm I, so excited. Yeah. You know, so many people have said that it's, it's going to be like the floodgates and I can't, I feel like we've kind of gotten into that though, where I think people were holding off for so long oh. that now it was just like, I think like once, once summer hit, people were kind of just like, you know what, who knows how long we're going to be here. Let's just start releasing again. Okay. And um, I think it's interesting too, though, because I feel like even major label artists have released things and albums so much later into the yeah. year than they typically do. Typically after Thanksgiving, it's like nothing, you know, it's all Christmas music all the time. But this year, I mean, people are releasing just because I feel like we lost so much time. Yep. Um, but it's definitely been a year of writing. Like everyone I've talked to has just been writing, 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 and kind of like getting all of their catalogs together and getting everything together. So I feel like 2021 is going to be just a stage for so many people just to present what we've been working on. Yeah. And, and to kind of touch on that, you brought up that it was like the summertime when people started releasing again. Yeah. And I think that's because, I remember vaguely end of June, beginning of July, somewhere in that ballpark, it looked like things were getting better. Yeah. And so I thought, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, mm, they're not. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, it, I mean, I think we did for a little while. It looked like we were kind of like, oh, on the right path. Okay, things will get better. Things get better. And and August looked okay. And September, beginning of September, was like, okay, we're good. And then things quickly declined again, um, which I think people expected too. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people tried to catch the wave of of it going well for a little while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, so since we're on the topic of the pandemic, what have you been doing to challenge yourself creatively and keep yourself motivated during the pandemic? I honestly realized how much I've been writing, and I think we kind of figured out that Zoom was effective, mm -hmm. like early April, late March. Um, 
So it wasn't too far into this pandemic that we realized like, oh, okay, I think everyone was like, cool, you know, time off. None of us have gotten this in a long time. Let's, you know, take a, a minute to breathe. And then it lasted more than like a month. Yeah. And people were, oh, okay, we need to get back to work. Yeah, so do something. yeah. And I mean, I know I went to New York um, to quarantine, like with my family, just because I was like, you know what, but I was supposed to be going on tour and everything like that. And that didn't happen. So I was like, okay, a month at home, that'll be a great idea. Yeah. You know, five months later, I was like, wait, we're still here. Yeah. Um, but because I was there and some of my other friends that are co-writers had also gone home or had stayed in Nashville, we just got really good at Zoom. And um, I think that was a challenge just because typically I think you vibe off each other in the room and I think, you know, you throw things out. So Zoom is different, but um, I think it, I think it just helped because I mean, even now, like we can meet in person, but a lot of us will still be like, Hey, let's just zoom. Oh, weird time. Let's just zoom. You know, it sounds good. Yeah. And so I think it helped us still be able to get good products out, you know, yeah. like working around our crazy schedules and the crazy world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think writing has been my 2020 thing, just kind of diving in. And also someone told me once that you can't write about life um, unless you're living it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was such an amazing thing to say because it's true. You know, we don't, Oh yes, as songwriters, it is like a strategic thing and, and we can just make up a story and write about it. But I think so many other times it's something that happened to us, you know, or it's something that like we really, really felt or really went through that we we're like, hey, let's turn this into a story to write it. Um, so when you're sitting at home for five months, it's kind of hard to like make up a story about running into your ex, you know what I mean? Like, and then, you know, this, this crazy thing that happened. Um, so that was challenging kind of like finding things to, to write about, but it just caused us to go back in the notebook, you know, and pick out things that are, or dive deeper into things that maybe we had wrote about, but, but not like truly, you know, hit the, the nail on the head and it kind of bring those ideas back and bring them better. So. Yeah, absolutely. So you'd mentioned that you're, really big into doing co-writes and like doing some writer's rounds and stuff like that. Yeah. As far as your create, what is your creative process? Are you more spontaneous with it? Like, are you one of the musicians that would be driving down the freeway or whatever and music will hit them? Or are you able to be more militant? I guess militant is such a weird word to use, but like mm -hmm. disciplined yeah. where it's like, yeah. okay, I have from 7 PM to 10 PM be creative um i think it's both you know okay. i think there's there there's a hundred i mean i have like a a folder in my notes just for music and it's yeah. hundreds of like one-liners or yeah. two words and it's so funny because i'll get an idea at two in the morning and be yeah. like that's a great hook and i'll write it down and then go back a week later and i'm like that makes no sense <laughs> that can't be a song um and and sometimes i mean literally last night it was like 11:30 almost midnight and i was trying to finish a song and i was like what am i doing i need to go to bed but i feel like sometimes when it hits you and you have your guitar in reach you have to go for it um but sometimes obviously you have rights on the books that maybe you're not feeling super inspired that day but you still have to go into yeah. so i think i think it just depends and i think sometimes those are the days that you write someone else's story you know not necessarily your own so yeah absolutely all you depends know, yeah, it, like it, you just got to be aware of what, what you, of yourself and yeah. knowing like, okay, well, I'm not really in that space to kind of yeah, exactly. myself, but if somebody approaches me, like if I have a co-writer or a writer. Yeah, and, and someone has a great idea. I think sometimes it's easier if you're not necessarily feeling a certain way. Yeah. For me, sometimes it's easier to dive into what they're feeling. 
you know, rather than trying to make up what I am. Yeah. Um, so pandemic pending or not pandemic pending. Um, when there isn't a pandemic, that's what I meant to say. Sorry about that. Uh, when there isn't a pandemic, how often are you usually out playing like live shows? Um, last year and, and, you know, early this year, we were playing rounds like three days a week, okay. um, which was awesome. So I love playing writers rounds and, and showcases and things like that, just because original music has become such a huge part of my career yeah. that it's weird. Cover gigs are almost seem for, like they seem foreign to you now because you don't do them as often. Where when I was in New York, that's all it was. You know, we were playing shows every weekend, but it was like at bars or, yeah. you know, things like that, where it was playing the top 10 on the radio. Yeah. Um, where now that's not the case, but we were doing that. And then we would play downtown like once a month. Um, and it was, it, was, it was still more of like an acoustic gig. Like we weren't on Broadway, um, mm -hmm. but, but it was fun. I mean, it was fun to go back to, back to the covers occasionally, but I love the showcases. I love the writer's rounds. It's, it's definitely where my heart is, is the original music. Um, have you had a chance to play Bluebird since you've made it to Nashville? Or? I haven't. And that was kind of on my, my list of you know, things to do this year <laughs> was um, Bluebird. They had a few showcases um, that I was kind of, you know, uh, talking about, but it closed and yep. yeah, um, here we are. So hopefully 2021, I'll be able to take part in one of those. That would be okay. wonderful, but it's kind of, kind of just in the air right now. <laughs> At least Bluebird wasn't a casualty of the pandemic. Like, yeah, which is wonderful yeah. because um, I think so many places have been and I know like venues, I mean, are still struggling, but um, I can't wait for live music to be back. Bluebird is hard though, because have you, have you ever been to the Bluebird? Nope. I've, oh. I literally just like beginning of the pandemic when I started doing the podcast full time, like, well, not full time, yeah. but like more daily than I used mm -hmm. to do it. I started interviewing Nashville artists and the topic of the bluebird came up at one point and I'm like, I've heard of it, but I didn't realize it was that prestigious. So. Oh, it is. It is like the place to be. Um, but it's tiny, it's tiny and you are on top of each other. So I think that I don't, I don't see shows at the bluebird happening until they are, you know, really hundred percent yeah. sure that nothing bad is going to happen if you go in. Yeah, because I think like socially distancing in a place that is so small and that you're already kind of on top of each other, just it doesn't work. And then I think it's hard because I'm sure they could open, you know, and they could have whatever capacity they're supposed to have. But it also takes in one takes away from the audience experience of being in that round. Yep. But it also takes away for the artists, you know, people that it might be their first time playing here and they don't get the Bluebird experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's that's important too to not maybe not bring it back until they can have that moment. Yeah, until they can have the full experience because you yeah. need to be that one artist that had never played there before and they just have mm -hmm. to be there for one of their pandemic shows and it's like, oh, I didn't get yeah. the full experience and then they never get to play there again. Or it's Yeah, bad. they're um I think the the Bluebird documentary came out this year as well. Um and it's awesome. You should watch it. It's yeah. so great. I mean, I'm probably an emotional person, you know, more than most, but I was like, This is great, I love this place the whole time. So I uh, 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> I, I will have to check it out. I think somebody yeah. <laughs> told me to check it out before, but I couldn't find it. And so I just kind of. Yeah, I think it's on like Amazon Prime or something, one of them. Okay. I will. I will look because I just re recent for the holidays, I reinstated my Amazon Prime because I was just like, yep. it'll make my life so much easier. Oh, but absolutely. I, yeah. So <laughs> it is. You know, I, I pretty much live on Amazon, so I'm advocate. <laughs> yeah. 
And, well, I mean, I had to, when I was living out in New Mexico, you, you literally had to buy almost anything other than food off of Amazon or else yeah. you weren't going to be able to get it where I was living. Yeah. Well, I think that too, just, I mean, again, beginning of 2020, it was like, don't go to the stores. And now I've realized like, wait, I love Instacart and I love Amazon. So I'm going to stay home still. <laughs> I was like, I like uh, getting my groceries to my couch. Yeah. The thing was though, like when I first, when the pandemic first hit, I did do like Grubhub and stuff like that for, mm -hmm. for the first little bit, but the, I just couldn't get over paying like $20 for like, oh. Yeah. For like one well, meal. I'm like, like, I feel like sometimes I get lazy enough where I'm like, I'll Uber Eats. And then I look at the fees and I'm like, okay, no, you don't need this that bad because yeah. it's like $7 this and then that. And then I'm like, well, I feel bad not tipping the driver because yeah. they're the ones doing the work. But now I'm paying like $15 more than I would have paid if I just got up. <laughs> I was like, okay. It got to a point there where I was like, well, if I'm going to order for breakfast, I might as well order lunch and dinner as well. Yeah. So and pay the I have, <laughs> like yeah i paid like 30 bucks or 40 bucks but at least i have I do, yeah. yeah exactly so yeah no i've definitely done that before <laughs> but um so i don't want to take up too much more of your time i want to be respectful no, that it totally is friday night even though we're in the middle of a pandemic it is say, still... i'm not doing anything tonight don't worry <laughs> um outside of music what are mm -hmm. some of your passions what are some of your hobbies what do you do outside of music um, honestly, that's always like such a weird, like a hard question, just because so much of my life now is, is hanging out with my friends who are also co-writers, you know, or who are also other musicians. Um, but I just love to be around. I'm, I'm a people person. I love to hang out with my family. Um, I had mentioned my brother lives here and he has children and a, and a family. So I love spending time with them. And I have a dog that I spend way too much time with. So we're big like hikers and, and park goers, but, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of a lot of my time is just people. It's like I'm a, I'm a foodie, so I love going places and just kind of being, you know, in groups and hanging out, which obviously wasn't a thing this year. Yeah. So I did a lot of just family time, family time in replacement of you know happy hour time. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um, as, and I'm assuming since you live on Amazon, you watch a lot of Amazon Prime. Probably, yeah. Well, probably too much, but more right. of a Netflix gal. But okay. Well, what's your uh, What's your favorite show on Netflix? Oh, I don't know. Um, so I recently just well, I know the the last season of the Hundred was this year, which I finished. Um, I just finished rewatching Gilmore Girls, and I'm a very bad reality television like the the worst show. I'm huge fan. So I feel like I watched a lot of like ridiculous shows. I just finished like Married at First Sight was on Netflix. That was my jam. Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of the ridiculous shows that I can just laugh and, and kind of step out of real life for a little while. Yeah. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I, I was originally, I was into like all the mob shows. So like mm -hmm. about the New York mob and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kind of went through it all. And I like, once you watch everything, it's just like, all right, well, I don't really need to watch it. I'd watch it again, but it's like, yeah. all right, I don't really need to see this again, but. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's kind of where I was too. That's why I like, I like um, like sci-fi stuff and just things that, like I said, are kind of like so ridiculous that you get so hooked to them, yeah. but like, you know, this will never happen. Um, so that's where I'm at. That's why I loved The 100. The 100 was my favorite show for years, but now all of them are on Netflix. But I'm also like very big into the Grey's Anatomy and, yeah. and the Resident, all of the like medical drama drama shows yeah 
I watched The Good Doctor. That's probably like out of stuff that's like just actively on TV. The Good Doctor mm-hmm. is probably my favorite show. Um, but yeah. I just recently got into F is for Family. Uh, the I haven't Burr. seen that one. It, it's a Bill Burr animated series uh, about mm-hmm. about his perception of what his dad's life was like in the 70s. It is the most ridiculous show. It is like. I'd say it's probably like married with children, but animated is probably a fair okay. assessment. So um, I just recently <laughs> got into that and I'm in season two. So cool. Might have to dive in, might have to check it out because I'm running out of shows. So yeah, F, F is for family is really good. I enjoy it. Um, so, and then I need to get back into the man in the high tower, which is an Amazon prime original. Cool. I don't, I don't know if you, I haven't. I actually, so I wasn't super into the the Amazon originals until yeah. there was one show that I watched over the pandemic. But the only reason I wanted to watch it was because it was filmed um, like right by my hometown. Yeah. And it was called Upload. It was called okay. Upload. And it was filmed at Mohawk Mountain House, which is right across the river from where I'm from in New York. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I know where that place is. So I have to watch it. And then it turned out to be like super geared towards what I would usually watch. It was yeah. very like, futuristic kind of sci-fi but but very drama you know um and it was awesome so i was like oh wow this this is a great pick um so that was a really good one too i think that's the only amazon original that i've watched full through gotcha gotcha so pandemic now the pandemic pending question do you have any shows that you're kind of looking forward to as far as like music shows on the um honestly not right now i know we're we're starting to book things around the release um which will hopefully go as planned um so that would be like end of january which again hopefully goes as planned and that we can play them the way they are supposed to be played but um we've kind of just started getting back into rounds which have been great i mean i've played two since september but not not to go schedule but i mean i'm grateful and i'm happy for them so i think just that'll be it just hopefully we can do something around the release of this next single and and kind of get it back to a little bit more normal yeah absolutely and these uh the rounds that you've been playing are they were they in person or were they virtual i got to play two in person which was great yeah they were at the local and then um revival which is one of my favorite rounds in nashville it's so great um and so it was cool it was good to be back it was weird at first it kind of takes a little bit like oh you know we're getting used to things um but it was great it was great being back and great like with a real audience again. Um, I love doing virtual shows, right? I love being able to wear sweatpants on the bottom and play. <laughs> but at the same time, it is the most awkward thing in the entire world when you finish a song and it's yeah. silent. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, um, next song. You know, yeah. like you just don't know what to do. Yep. So I love, I loved like having the crowd back and I definitely missed the, the social interaction of it yeah. and kind of seeing what people hear in your songs and, you know, watching their faces and, and things like that. Um, so it was good to be back. So I'm just hoping for more of that. You, you touched on something that I noticed, like anytime I, like back when the pandemic first started, I'd watch everybody's live streams and like, you could always tell whose was their first like virtual live stream because after that first song, it was just kind of like, what do I do Thanks. What do I do now? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I learned that the trick is that it is way less awkward if you have like two of your friends or, you know, family, something in the room just to kind of feed off a little bit, you know? Um, We did a a live stream show a few weeks ago and um, with my guitar player and he had his parents in town visiting. So 
just having two extra people in the room was like so great for us. It, it completely changed it. I was like, thank God we have someone to at least like look at us, you know? So we're not kind of like waiting, you know, for views to pop up or, you know, by ourselves. Yeah. You know, and like playing off of that gave me the idea of, I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen like some of the, some bigger artists doing like virtual concerts on zoom or something like that, mm -hmm. where they sell like tickets. And I, so I think that will, cause I've seen a few of them and I okay. think, it seemed like that was where it was going for a little while, which I was kind of like, oh no, but I hope that doesn't become the norm. Yeah. Just because I don't want to pay a ticket to see my favorite artist and like this, you know, it's yeah. just not, it's not the experience that you love. It's not, yeah. you know, it's just not the same. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, the songs I saw a few of, people doing that. Yeah. What was that? No, I was going to say, and the sound's kind of mediocre and it's just kind of like. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, just, you got yeah it's just that. not not what you want to see especially from artists that you love like you know these big time people that you've waited to see them play um but i mean i think it was awesome in the beginning because it was all we had i remember all of april and may it was every single time i went on instagram it was like 10 lives going yeah. on at the same time and i was like okay cool i got things to pick from tonight like yeah. it's like uh who do i want to listen to yep I'll yeah it was crazy that. everyone was doing it all the time which i mean was awesome but i think for a while it scared me because I think it seemed like it was going to be so much all the time, yeah. you know? Um, so I'm glad I calmed down, but, but it's good. I mean, it's still there, which is nice. Yeah. I'm actually going to my first show tonight. It's been since, nice. actually, since moving to Texas, I didn't go to a lot of shows when I first moved here last year. And then now it's just kind of like, uh, there's a, actually a girl from Nashville is down doing a show uh, down the street here. And I'm like, well, I guess I should go to that show. Like, yeah, and it's and it is weird. I like when you walk in, you're gonna be like, "Hey, wait, what are we doing now? What is the, yeah. the new norm for these shows? How do we do this?" Um, and it's definitely different. I mean, I don't know Texas, Nashville is yeah. different, but at least it's something. You know, it's yeah. it's getting you a little closer. So yeah, my only concern is walking in there in the middle of her set and being the only person there. So like <laughs> when I walk in, it's like an actually big thing or something. Yeah. Right. So, hopefully that won't be hopefully you won't be the first one there you'll be okay no, i i hope yeah. but we'll, we'll see what happens um so kind of moving forward you're working towards the next single release in january mm -hmm. february um do you what's kind of the plans after that like you want to do um right now we uh, i haven't really gotten past march so <laughs> i'm hoping that possibly some of the shows that we had to yeah cancel this year we can rebook for the spring which is, is crazy to already be planning you know yeah. april and may yeah um but it, that's kind of that's kind of music you know we had um those dates i think booked in like october last year yeah. so we're even a little bit farther behind um but yeah i would love to be able to get those back on the books and take this new single and and you know get it out as much as i possibly can um but i think it all kind of depends sometimes the single does well then i think you ride that a little longer and then if it doesn't you kind of figure out what your next project is so see. awesome well i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast where yeah, can everybody you. find you online where can they find your music you know all that fun stuff um, so all of my socials are Allison Elena Music, and Allison has one L and Elena spelt with an E. I always get that question a lot because people always put the double L, but just one for me. Um, yeah, everything I have is out anywhere you get music. So iTunes, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, all that good stuff. Awesome, awesome. And just so because we're in the 
holiday season, I want to end on what is your favorite holiday memory from when you were a kid? Oof, holiday, I, that is a hard one. I love the holidays because my mom has a really big family and yeah. we all get together um, at my grandma's house. So there's typically like 50 of us for every holiday. Um, so holiday memory, that's hard. But I guess I would have to say my favorite Christmas was when I got my dog, my like childhood dog. Yeah. He was mine and his name was Jack, and he was my Christmas present, so that was, like, the best. I don't think I'll ever forget, like, that moment of having a puppy under the tree, so that's nice. my good one. That's awesome. I, yeah. <laughs> I never had that experience, like, as far I, as... I never thought I would, right? Like, that's, like, in a Hallmark movie, but my parents did it. They got me a little beagle puppy for Christmas, and I was happy. <laughs> nice. That's really yeah. cool. Um, so, but once again, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Really yeah, thank you for having it. me. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later. Cool. We are good.